Welcome to the PCOS Diva podcast. My name is Amy Medling. I'm a certified health coach and founder of PCOS Diva. My mission is to help women with PCOS find the tools and knowledge they need to take control of their PCOS so they can regain their fertility, femininity, health, and happiness. Today's PCOS Diva podcast is sponsored by the seven-day Discover Your PCOS Diva Jumpstart program. Jumpstart is the place to begin when you're ready to commit to yourself and jump into your healing journey. Learn step-by-step how diet, lifestyle, and mindset changes can get you on the right path. You'll be thrilled to feel your energy return, brain fog lift, acne begin to clear, and so much more. Visit PCOSDiva.com slash jumpstart for more information and to get started today. If you haven't already, make sure you check out PCOSDiva.com. There I offer tons of great free information about PCOS and how to develop your PCOS diet and lifestyle plan so you can begin to thrive like a PCOS diva. Look for me on iTunes, Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram as well. so happy to be welcoming back one of my favorite fertility experts, Amy Robb. She joined me on episode 31 to check out all about becoming fertility focused and episode 79 about body belief and how viewing your body is essential to healing. But today we're going to be talking about her new work that she's put out into the world, the egg quality diet. And I just finished that a little while ago. So much important, really um, information that we're not hearing other fertility experts talk about. So, so glad you're here to talk to PCOS Divas about how we can improve our fertility, Amy. Thanks for coming back. Well, thank you, Amy. Thanks for having me on for a third time. I appreciate that so much. Um, and I appreciate all the work you do to inspire and empower women. So thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Well, you have been in the business of helping women get pregnant for more than 17 years as a pr- <laughs> practitioner of traditional Chinese medicine. People call you a fertility detective because you're really good at figuring out why the why behind a woman's fertility challenges. And, you know, we know that PCOS is one of those big whys. Oh yeah. It's a big one. It can be many other factors um, as well. And you have written multiple books. Uh, I mentioned, um, um, Oh, I guess I didn't mention about your, um, how to become pregnant. What's the, the yes, you can get pregnant. Yes, you can get pregnant and body belief. And now you have, um, the egg quality diet. Yes. I was wondering, um, if you could just share briefly your story, I'd love to lead with, um, with your story. I think it just, um, really shows that, that you've been in the trenches and, you know, like I have been with PCOS. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it all started for me, uh, with the desire to become a medical doctor. So way back when, you know, I have a undergraduate degree in biology and in chemistry and what turned out to be, it was a hugely devastating moment back in the day, but one of the greatest blessings of my life was I didn't get into medical school the first time I applied. And so I went on to do some graduate research in neuroscience 
which then led me to work with a certain mentor who then turned me on to the powers and the beauty of traditional Chinese medicine. I happened to be in the same city at that time in San Diego with one of the best uh, Chinese medicine schools. And I decided to, um, I then was about to enter into the medical school program. And I decided instead to go to the Chinese medicine school. And that was about 21 years ago, which is crazy to say. And, and you know, my whole world changed because the beauty, what I loved so much about Chinese medicine um, and acupuncture is one part of Chinese medicine, Chinese herbs, diet, lifestyle, mental, emotional health is a huge component as well to Chinese medicine. And it just spoke to me in, in a way of, you know, helping people heal themselves from like, from the root up, you know, rather than what I think of from a Western medicine perspective is they're really good at treating the branch, right? They're really good at, at mediating or band-aiding symptoms. Whereas, you know, the Chinese medicine approach is, is, um, just really rooted in, you know, whole body renovation, if you will. And so that just led me down the path of, you know, my private clinical practice. And I started treating a lot of women and a lot of women started coming to me with hormonal imbalances. Like, as you mentioned, you know, PCOS is a, is a, is a big issue out there, whether women are trying to get pregnant or not. Endometriosis is another one. Uh, I mean, just general, like bad, like PMDD, if we want, now there's a label for it. There wasn't back then, but as I learned more and learned more, then I became inspired to want to write books and, and spread my message to the masses. And, and then now I have an online business, you know, where we're, you know, educating and empowering women all over the world. And um, yeah, I feel really blessed to do the work I do and, uh, also really blessed to be so inspired by it to continue to learn more and and teach more and and expand that knowledge base to everybody who's willing to listen. Mm. Well, your your work has been really prolific. I mean, I, I don't think that I know that many um, women's health and wellness uh, experts that have written as many books as you have, and they're all so valuable. Um, and I think what I find that they resonate with me the most is the importance of you. You mentioned um, like the mental and emotional wellness. And that is something that a lot of people are not talking about. And when, when I wrote my book, um, Healing PCOS, I led with the chapter about mindset. And yes. I think, and your book, Body Belief, you know, you talk about the importance um, of your mindset when you approach healing and especially fertility. And um, just, I, I was wondering if you could just kind of briefly talk about um, that emotional health and wellness and how that relates from like your I Chinese medicine background. Yeah, the Chinese medicine background, I mean, we say any disease, dis-ease, disharmony, discomfort in the body, um, there is obviously physical manifestations of that, but there are emotional links to it, whether the emotions came first or the physical came first, it doesn't quite matter to us, but both are really important to look at and to treat. And, and often, you know, I mean, I think if we use a woman on a path to healing her hormones or trying to get pregnant or dealing with fertility challenges, there's a lot of trauma wrapped in that, right? So it's, it's one thing to balance your hormones and, and regulate your blood sugar and create good quality eggs and get pregnant and stay pregnant. 
but there's a whole other piece to it that we're not talking enough about is just um, how hard are we on ourselves in the process? How hard is the medical community, our peers, our relationships, you know, how hard is all of that on us as well? And, you know, I talk about that in the beginning of body belief as well, where I say, you know, I can tell you exactly what to eat and, and how much to sleep and when to meditate and all the supplements to take. But the first step to this process is actually you believing you are worthy of the healing mm-hmm. and you getting on your own team. And I, you know, have since body belief have gone on to talk a lot about what I think of um, as emotional inflammation versus physical inflammation. And, you know, we know now from the science and the data, and obviously, you know, we, you and I see it clinically with our clients too, that we have clients who are, if you will, nailing the diet and they're nailing the supplements and they're nailing the workouts and, you know, they're, they're doing everything they're supposed to be doing and things still aren't clicking into place. And you have to step back and think, okay, so there's an emotional component here. There's something here that has to be addressed or unblocked or opened up or forgiven or let go of whatever it is, you know, and I'm talking about it super loosely, not to be dis uh, discredit anybody's trauma. Cause you know, we all have it and it's significant and we all have the um, I think we're all worth the time and effort to work it out, but that we know now too, from this scientific perspective, like I think basically when you look at a woman trying to conceive, for instance, um, if she's in chronic fight or flight every single day and like feels like survival mode because she's devastated over the fact that she doesn't have this child yet and she's doing all this work and all this effort and every day is just like, right? She's just racing through her days and trying to take all her supplements and do all her things and check all her boxes and, you know, hoping for like good test results or what have you, you know, the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis is really triggered, right? And then cortisol is really triggered. And then the body just says, well, I'm in this state of fight or flight. I can't quite think about making a baby right now because I'm just surviving over here, you know? And so we, it's so important that it's yes, to do all the things that we say to do, because we do think that they're really helpful and supportive to, to healing yourself, but to, try to shift it into a space of doing it like creatively and with a sense of discovery and excitement and um, like less with our hands so clenched and, and just more in the flow of things like adopting this as a lifestyle and, and really trying to tune into the why behind these changes. And what obviously what we're hoping to get out of it is still the same end result. And I think you have every right to desire that but how you go about it really does impact how your body heals or how you progress to, to the goal that you want. Mm. And I think the other thing that um, sets you apart too, is that you give women the, the tools to empower them. Um, You know, unless, you know, I know that there's a a time and place for, um, you know, going for IVF and fertility doctors and all of that. And your, and your work certainly complements that. But I think when we do that, we put so much control in the doctor's hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and your work really teaches us that we have so much, we can take back a lot of that control. Um, and I think that this book is uh, the egg quality diet is a way to do that just by the, the choices that we make of the food that we're putting in and, um, the way that we look at food to figure out what works best for us. Um, 
and I know you're a big proponent of the elimination diet, which I am, but this book has really, you've really kicked it up a notch on the way to proceed <laughs> with that elimination diet. Um, but I don't, I don't want to get too far ahead. No. Um, I want to talk about you mentioned emotional inflammation yes, um, and how that plays a role in um, trying to conceive, but how, uh, tell us about inflammation caused by the foods that we eat and how that plays mm -hmm. a role. I mean, the data is so clear that, you know, and that's why I was so compelled to write this book, The Egg Quality Diet. Like I obviously already have a book on fertility. I have a diet laid out in the book. Um, it's pretty current. There's some good research in there, I think. But, you know, the last couple of years, the research is so compelling about antioxidants and inflammation and seeing endometriosis as this like inflammatory condition that but it does really respond well. You know, I always say it responds really well when I treat it like an autoimmune condition, which I find fascinating. And similarly with PCOS. And I, I remember us talking about this in the last time I was on. Um, but I just kept coming across because, you know, more and more women that are coming to me are asking questions about mitochondrial support, right? And so what kind of antioxidants are the best? And there's just so many out there now, like, should I take acai or should I take and acetylcysteine, or should I take glutathione, or should I take NAD, or, you know, oh my gosh, there's just so many, resveratrol, picogenol, you know, you name it. Um, and I always like to do the research and have really, um, you know, integrous answers, if you will, for my clients. And I do tend to think it's like, you know, one thing is you can't out supplement a crappy diet is, is my opinion. So you can yes. take all the antioxidants you want in the world, but if you have mm -hmm. a ton of inflammation and your gut isn't working properly and there's gut dysbiosis, you're not going to absorb those vitamins and they're just a waste of money. And so, but looking deeper at the research, what started to come across very clearly is that it is less about our age. So egg quality, if we talk about, but egg quality, by the way, like that is, um, and I feel fine saying this and judge me if you want to, that is a, a, a good, the, the title of the book, The Egg Quality Diet is a good way to get your attention and call you in. But the truth is, is that the diet isn't just for egg qualities, right? It's if you improve the quality of the cells in your ovaries, which then make healthier eggs, you are thereby improving the quality of every single cell in your body mm -hmm. and thereby improving mitochondrial function and you know, homeostasis and, and reducing inflammation and healing the gut. Those are really the crux of that's the crux of the diet is reducing inflammation, healing the gut that should then get you on the path to wherever you want to go from here. And the, the research just shows pretty much across the board that it, age is not the number one factor that's impacting fertility outcomes. It's actually inflammation. And we need to get, and then there's also gut dysbiosis. There's a lot of cool research showing that with the microbiome is off. It can throw off the microbiome in the uterus, right? Which like, I think we have a clue on and we're, you know, you and I are already actively treating that, but most people are not. And most people aren't even aware that this could impact things. Like you could have really healthy eggs and healthy sperm and make a healthy baby, but guess what? The environment in the uterus is not implantable because it's, it's got the wrong microbiome, right? It, it's, it's got too much, whatever, bad bacteria in there. So when you don't address the underlying inflammation, you, you risk compromising, not just your egg quality, but kind of every single cell in your body. And that just sets off a cascade of, you know, all your hormones being out of balance and your body, again, feeling like it's in survival mode versus thriving mode. And we do have to shift you from survival to thriving in order to make a baby. Yeah. And, and I think, 
understanding that you have such control and make such an impact based on what you put on the end of your fork. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. And, and on your end of your hands and on your skin. Right. I mean, those oh, two, yeah. you change those mm-hmm. two things alone. You will significantly reduce the inflammation in your body and things will turn around. Exactly. And that is just, to me, that's so hopeful and so empowering to know that you really are in the driver's seat here and you have a lot of control that you may have thought you've kind of given away. Um, yeah. And that's for me too. Like, I think that was another impetus for, for this book was in the same impetus for writing. Yes, you can get pregnant. And I had this like moment one day where I, I remember saying to a friend, I'm like, I just want to scream from the rooftops of these girls. Like you can do this. Like you can freaking do this, you know, stop giving your power away. And that was the impetus for, yes, you can get pregnant. And then seeing the research now and, and constantly, constantly, constantly being asked, no matter what the age of the woman is, Am I too old? It, my doctor says I'm too old. My doctor says my eggs are all bad. My doctor says there's no chance with my own eggs. My doctor says, my doctor says like donor eggs or this or that. Um, and they're just being so robbed of their own choices in this process. And the, the data doesn't support what the doctors are saying. So the doctors are not up on the research and I'm generalizing here. There are plenty of doctors that are, but there's also a lot that are not. And they're, they're giving misinformation out there. And I, it's unethical and it's wrong. And women, mm-hmm. women deserve to know what, what the research is showing us, that we have a lot of control here. It's not easy. They're not easy changes sometimes. For some people, they're super easy. For others, they're not. I'm not saying that. It it's definitely requires a mindset shift, you know, and, and education and probably some extra spending on groceries. But you'll save that in the long run on fertility treatments, in my opinion. And at least that's what I see clinically. And you'll, you know, you'll feel so much better along the way, which is the goal. Another doctor says is, you know, lose weight and go on a low carb diet for women. Low carb, low carb is no bueno. (laughs) Yeah. And, 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 um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of women are not really sure where to turn. Right. So they go on, they try like some of these um, like low carb diets yeah. that are have filled with you know um, foods that are packaged processed. Oh my god, yes, um, that aren't real foods and they taste like crap. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the other concept that I really love um, that you like to talk about is you know in this process of improving the cells of our body, right? Our egg, our egg quality and, and all of the cells eating and like a nourishing nutrient rich diet. Um, and as women heal themselves, they Mm -hmm. also heal their children's children. Um, and I just, I absolutely adore that concept because I know if, I had not gone through this journey with PCOS. My three kids would be in much poorer health because um, I would not be making great choices probably still. I'd still be on my South Beach diet and (laughs) Weight Watchers and eating a lot of like diet junk. And they probably would be, you know, that's what I would have been bringing in the house. Um, Yeah. And they are, you know, they are very health conscious and um, look at what they're putting in their mouths on the the end of their fork and on their skin and all of that because of my journey. And I feel like I've been 
able to pass that along to them. But it's not just the lifestyle habits. It's also the kind of epigenetics and the genetics. And I'd love for you to just touch upon that with us. Yeah. So we took that quote, I think, from uh, Christian Northrup book. I think it's from her first book, Women's Bodies, Women's mm -hmm. Wisdom, um, where she I found it online somewhere and I loved it. And then I did the research and I think it's women who heal themselves, heal their children's children's. And there there's variations of it out there now, but it has since become like literally like the mission of my team. It is our mission statement. We talk about it at every one of our weekly team meetings. So we're all on the same page and we remember like the service that we're doing and what, why we're doing what we're doing. But what's cool is that that's, it's two parts. So women who like kind of what you said, women who heal themselves, heal their children's children, I think, through the act of nurture, right? So you're, you're teaching them. You're actually, you know, one thing I'll say a lot uh, is to clients and even in public is my goal really is never the positive pregnancy test. Um, that's like the cherry on top. My goal is getting a woman to take care of herself and nurture herself and get mm -hmm. her into, you know, like her healthiest space, like her most proud space that she's nourishing herself from the inside out and the, the baby will follow from there if we get them there. And to me, it's really because I want her to be the kind of mother that this world needs, right? And so that's what I always say. And it really is the, the crux of the mission for me because our, our children learn from our behavior. They, you know, it's not do as I say, not as I do. It is very much like do as I do. And so knowing that, like if you know how to honor yourself, how to nourish yourself, how to maintain healthy boundaries, how to ask for what you need, how to be in your own power. Your, your kids are going to learn that from you just by you being you. And, and that will, it, it does, it just shifts the whole paradigm. It just, it's like a ripple effect, you know? And we know also, you know, from, I guess, a spiritual, but also a psycho-emotional um, perspective, there's something called transgenerational trauma that is passed mm -hmm. on to us while we're in the womb. We, we, we're affected, impacted by our mother's trauma. And our mother was impacted by her mother's trauma. And they say it's actually two generations. So, you know, what you're exposed to, I was listening to a really awesome podcast actually yesterday, Dr. Cara Fitzgerald's podcast. And she had um, an epidemiological expert on, and I'm not going to remember her name, but I can get it for you if you want to put in the show notes. Um, and she was talking about the fact that like the stress endured in the mother while she's pregnant, it actually changes the epigenetics. Like it shifts the genetics of the woman who is pregnant and the child. And it basically becomes like language that the cells then start to use to communicate that that same language is now in the baby, which is in the womb. And that, that baby, when they become a parent, their egg or sperm, it's, it's equally impactful, um, it then impacts that child. So it's two generations that we know for certain um, the emotional state impacts us. And we also know that how we nurture and nourish ourselves, I think is the other side of that coin, impacts the child while we're pregnant with them, but then also for the rest of their lives. And then there's this, you know, I think, even bigger perspective from, from that epigenetic. So epigenetics basically is, you know, we have our genes, uh, they're passed on to us from our parents, but they're not set in stone the way we once thought, right? And I know you talk about this, but I'll just do a recap. 
um, how we live our life determines whether or not genes turn on or turn off. And what the, the research is showing now is the preconception and pregnancy period is extremely impactful to epigenetics and, and the child we are making. And so to take that very seriously, because you're not just impacting your child from this nurture perspective. So them learning your behaviors when they're out of the womb, but you're impacting them from how you nourish yourself from the nature perspective, how you're impacting your epigenetics impacts their epigenetics. And some really interesting studies of you know, if preconception and pregnancy care in the mother, if it was poor, um, the child has some, you know, 80% more likelihood of, of chronic long-term illness. You know, it's very mm-hmm. significant pre if they, they're born uh, underweight, same thing, you know, so, so we're learning all of this, that, that this impacts for generations too, because it's, it's two generations from what happened in, in the mother's womb. And so to, you know, if you, if you really take that in, it's so much more than just changing your diet to balance your hormones, to get pregnant, right? This is about, we're literally changing the, the future of our world, in my opinion. <laughs> oh, it's, it's extremely powerful. And I think getting back to being empowered, you talk in the book about a hundred days and it, that hundred, your, your book is broken down to kind of a hundred day plan mm-hmm. and, and meal plan um, to improve your egg quality. And there's kind of a reason that you chose a hundred days because it really can make a meaningful impact on mm-hmm. the egg quality. What, maybe you could explain that. Yeah, I chose a hundred days because the process of follicular genesis is about a hundred days. And what that means is the egg that you're, I mean, I know a lot of you guys are PCOS, so it might take you a while to ovulate in a cycle, but not if you're working with Amy and doing the things that she tells you to do. Uh, but the egg you're about to ovulate is, was recruited from your reserve about a hundred days prior to its ovulation. And what we also know now from you know, epigenetic research, from uh, you know, inflammatory research, just current research is you recruit that egg from your pool of eggs. And during the 100 days while that egg is going through its maturation process leading up to ovulation or whether or not it gets chosen, it still goes up with a lot, whether or not it's the chosen one, it is impacted by every single thing that is going on in your body. So if there is inflammation in your body, whether it's emotional, whether it's physical or both, if there's gut dysbiosis, if your microbiome is off, you are impacting the quality of that egg. And so when it does ovulate or, you know, um, one of them will become the chosen one, it might not have all the goods to make a healthy child. And so to know that though, if, you know, the, the diet lasting 100 days gives you this really good framework to then start to turn over. We also know too, from research that cellularly about every three months, we are different. Every single cell in our body turns over. So it's like this, you're, you're rejuvenating yourself on a cellular level at about the same time frame, And so that was, you know, the reasoning behind the 100 days. It is my hope, of course, because it is an elimination diet and I, and I leave you one day 100, but that, you know, and I have the last chapter of like what 100 days and beyond looks like, but that you learn because it is an elimination diet, you learn exactly what your body likes and doesn't like. Mm-hmm. And you now have all of the tools to 
nourish. It's like, you know, um, my team member Beth said, and I, I repeat her all the time now, this isn't just a fertility diet. This is your fertility diet. You actually learn what your diet needs to be. And that I think is also super empowering and will then set the stage for the, the next hundred days. And, you know, you, you keep the process going. It's, it's my hope that you don't just go back to your old ways after 100 days, if it doesn't work, quote unquote, some women require more days than that, depending on the level of inflammation in their body, but it's a really good starting point. And also it's a really good starting point to gut healing, which is at the crux of regulating the immune system, regulating inflammation, getting you to absorb the nutrition you need, getting your body out of fight or flight and into this feeling of safety and feeling like it has enough to procreate. Yeah. And I think that so many women are they're overfed and undernourished. Um, and so many of the cravings, um, you know, I'm constantly getting questions about crave sugar cravings and, Mm -hmm. um, but when your body isn't getting the nutrients that it needs from the foods that you like those, um, what is it? Nourishing traditions. What's the the book. Um, yeah. I love I'm nursing thinking, traditions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you talk about having liver and oh yeah, nutrient dense, foods, like really yeah. nutrient dense foods. You'll be surprised at how cravings subside. Just go away. They just I go away. Study, yeah. I study with a, a master herbalist and then I have been in her mentorship program for years and um, it's a Chinese medicine thing. And it, but she always says like, we have to do these case presentations and um, you know, if someone's craving sweets, we usually uh, uh, attribute it to the spleen in Chinese medicine, but she always corrects people when they're like, oh, they're craving salty. It's a kidney thing. She's like, no, it's a nutrition thing. They don't get, they're not getting the nutrition that they need. Like that's how you have to think about it. Their body is deprived. And then Frank Lipman, a functional Western doc that I work with a lot, he says, he's like, when there are cravings, especially sugar cravings, it's the bad bacteria asking for more because it's starting to die off and it wants, it needs its nourishment to continue to grow and wreak havoc on your body. So the sugar cravings, especially, or carb cravings, I think too, are really telling us that there's some gut dysbiosis and, and to look into that and not to go down the rabbit hole of like all the the gut tests and things like that, but like just do an elimination diet that, that will give you your answers, you know, and you'll help your body figure it out. And yeah, give your body really good nourishment and it should stop craving. Mm. And you're uh, just to let folks know that your book is honestly, I have seen some elimination diets, but you've really taken it um, up to the times 10, 10 X. <laughs> Um, like, you re- like taking everything out, like, yeah, no, no, not no. taking everything out, but really giving you detailed instructions oh, on yeah. how and how well, to do it, it day too. by day. Yeah. I mean, and you know, this too, like we've both written books before and, um, it hit me one day of like, you know, the crux of, I think what we talk about so much, right. We talk about diet, we talk about supplements, we talk about mental, emotional health. I only have one chapter in my book dedicated to diet. And I thought there should be a whole book and they should understand, you know what I mean? And also like, I'm giving a weak menu, like what? And so what I started to see was everybody, you know, women come to me, I'm following the diet, Amy, I'm doing exactly what you say. And then they send me a food diary and they're not eating enough protein. They're not eating enough fat. They're not eating enough vegetables. They're having too many, you know, gluten-free, but they're processed packaged carbs, right. Or something like that. And it's like, okay, so I take some responsibility for that too. Like I kind of missed the boat. I wasn't as clear as I needed to be. And so I, it like came to me one, like in the middle of the night, I literally woke up and I was like, I'm going to give them a hundred days. I'm just going to write out 100 days of menus. Now they're templates. You can adjust things. You can switch things. Cause we 
also give you, I think, a good formula for, for how to navigate the phases of the diet. But that's what I thought. I just felt like they needed that. They need, they need us to take out the guesswork, right? And, mm-hmm. and simplify it as much as we can. Yeah. And, and um, I'm just looking phase one. This, here's a, a, a typical day. Two hard-boiled eggs, half a cup of blueberries, handful of almonds, snack, half a cup of hummus with celery. Lunch is um, organic sausage, sauteed in um, olive oil with roasted beets. I mean, this all sounds great. Apple with yeah, almond butter. I and agree. Then, <laughs> I know dinner, beef tenderloin with sauteed bok choy, garlic, and spinach. I mean, that uh, this type of elimination diet that you you put together, you um, you know, you don't feel. I don't think you'd feel deprived. So no, and people are like, oh, I'm afraid I'm going to feel hungry. I'm like, you are not going to feel hungry. Like it is, it is calorie. I think stabilized. It's macronutrient balance. If people are hungry, I give them tips in the book. There's also an entire resources page that goes with the book where there are you know, recipes and all the PDFs and documents like shopping lists and all that you can just download. We've made it really easy. And then at about halfway through the book, because it's, it's really is just focused on diet, which is also, as you know, different for me because the mental emotional is so important to me. So at about halfway through, I think it's like week eight or nine, I start layering in what I call like a weekly tip for success. And I talk about the other things you can be doing for your fertility. Like I cover sperm health, I cover exercise, I cover um, sleep, I cover epigenetics, you know, and I, and mental emotional health, I talk about emotional inflammation. So there's just a lot of content that's also layered into the Mm -hmm. book to, to help you, you know, do all of it, if you will, achieve, achieve your desires and and kind of hit all the marks. And, and I think it's important, and I'm just going to put this out there that partners, um, you you need to walk along the journey with your, your PCOS woman. You can't, um, be eating pizza and drinking beer. No, it's not um, fair. Well, you're, yeah. And you know, it's impacting your sperm, um, quality too. And, um, it's, you know, it, it, takes two to tango and well that's it and we're learning that too that's another thing the data is showing us is it's not don't put so much you know it's not all on the egg like the sperm really does play a role and a big role and we you are worthy of if you're in a, a partnership of your partner stepping up to the plate with you you deserve that and this isn't this doesn't have to be a forever thing you know this um i mean ideally you learn enough about your body that you you learn what works for you and what doesn't and and maybe you'll continue on with the changes you've made but you know let's put our game faces on if you will and and get the results we want and then reassess our life at that point yeah. And knowing, and knowing again, bringing it back to healing yourselves will heal your children. Um, oh, and it's and, so important. Yeah, yeah. I said that I had an interview the other day and I said that I was like, um, you know, especially on a food front, right. And, and you and I both have children, so we know it, but like, if your partner is not on the same page about feeding your family, the way, uh-huh. you know, holy cow, it is, you know, excuse my language. It's a shit show. Like you really need them to understand and respect what's important to you and vice versa, because the, the biggest fights I've ever had in my marriage are over like whether or not my kid can eat a certain thing, you know, <laughs> and you know, we came up with a good rule that works for everybody, you know, and I, it's a, everything in moderation and, and like the 80, 20 rule, but, yeah, exactly. but you really need them to respect and understand. And then you also need to allow your child to be human in a human world where you also need to allow yourself to be human in a human world. And I do, a t- I do 
address those topics in the book as well, because I think mm -hmm. it's really important to like, and there's a video on the resources page too, where I really get into, you know, allowing yourself to be human while you're in this discovery phase and learning the ins and outs of this diet that, you know, just be easy on yourself. Yeah. I mean, I think it comes back to that, that term nourishment. That's mm -hmm. what I always go back to, you know, you have to fill, fill your tank, your body, your, your, you know, I was just talking to my daughter about this, that you got to give your body lots of good, you know, water mm -hmm. and food so that you can keep it going the way, you know, all yeah. the things she wants to do this summer. It's um, your machine. It really is. And that like, you and I said this before we went and recorded, but like that food is an ally, not an enemy. Right. And sort of really begin to see it like that, that this is your, your means. This is a, an act of empowerment. This is you learning how to nourish you. And you're going to then teach that to your little people. And it's just, it's such an important mm -hmm. life lesson. Yeah. And, and like you said, Amy, and hopefully, um, you know, we're, we're both doing our little part to change the world, you know, mm -hmm. by, by helping, you know, disseminate this, this important information. So thank you for, for writing this, you know, great book and do sharing what you do on social media. You have some great social media um, handles. Maybe you could share that with, with us and, and how to um, find your book. Yeah. I mean, you can, I think Instagram and Facebook are where I'm most active on social media, but Instagram is at Amy Ralph. And then my website, amyraup.com is where you can find uh, links out to all of my books. And the equality diet is, is basically sold anywhere books are sold right now. Perfect. And I will have um, all of that in the show notes and the transcript of this podcast. If you, you know, want to refer back to that on my uh, website, pcosdiva.com. So thank you so much, Amy, for joining me again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And thank you everyone for listening. I look forward to being with you again very soon. Bye-bye. Well, that wraps up our podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us on the PCOS Diva podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you liked this episode, remember to subscribe to PCOS Diva on iTunes or wherever else you may be listening to this show. And if you have a minute, please leave me a quick review on iTunes because I love to hear from you. If you think someone else might benefit from this free podcast, please take a minute to share it with a friend or family member so she can benefit from it too. And don't forget to sign up for my free weekly newsletter. Just enter your email at pcosdiva.com to get instant access and make sure you never miss a future podcast. This is Amy Medling wishing you good health. Bye-bye.